Hi there, I'm Ruth Parker from Alexander Associates and I'm delighted to be able to bring you the first in our series of podcasts highlighting the careers of successful women in engineering with our She's an Engineer campaign. In our first episode, I'm talking to Kat Parsons, Head of Diversity, Inclusion and Belonging at ISS. Kat's career has grown in the environmental science field through to construction and now into facilities management. She's an inspiration and I am delighted to have her with me. Hello. Hello, thank you very much for having me. Thank you for taking part. And um, wanted to start off just learning a bit of it about your career history, mm-hmm. how you got into engineering, what was the spark, what was the inspiration? Yeah. So what led you to be an environmental consultant? I think I'd got myself through school up to my A-levels. I really sort of enjoyed geography and that sort of like outside, you know, come and do your sort of field trips, case studies, that kind of thing. I really enjoyed that part of things. So I knew I didn't want to be rooted to a desk all day. Right. So when I started to look at university courses, I was looking at the prospectuses, having to flick through, you know, what, what could I do that sort of really sparked in terms of my academic piece, but also that, that piece that I didn't want to be rooted to a desk. So as I was having a flick through, I saw um, an image of a consultant taking water samples and I was like, that's me. I want to go and take some water samples, be out and about all day, all weathers, all around yeah. the world, and you know, basically see see where that career took me. So, so I went to university. I went to Lancaster, a fantastic university. Did environmental sciences, um, again very technical, but a nice sort of mix of you know the science elements, but also that that element of being outside, but equally that bit around doing something for the planet. And I think that was something that again was yeah, I was quite passionate about um, that sort of yeah, environmental piece. So. Um, as part of that, I did a couple of placements during university as well, just in the summer period, just to get a bit of sort of work experience. And were um, they nice to you when you did your placements? Oh, they were so good because I was free labour more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, they were sort of back where I was at home. So I did a stint with the Environment right. Agency. Again, quite like that side of things. But again, it was a bit in the office. And I was thinking right. maybe that wasn't quite what I wanted to do. So for me, it was almost like a sort of temperature check of like, do I like that bit? Mm, okay, right, we'll try another one for the second year. So I went to an environmental consultancy uh, for a six month, uh, sorry, six week placement over the holidays and loved it. Like, again, I was out, I was meeting people on sites. There was diggers, there was, you know, there was all sorts. And I was thinking, yeah, I can really see myself, you know, hard yeah. hat overalls on. This is what I this want. This one I want to do. So, yeah. So I then went on to graduate and they offered me a job straight away. So I moved back to my hometown of Ipswich and uh, I did 18 months with them working on flood risk. Um, but equally, I sort of started to touch on contaminated land, yeah. and I realised actually that's the bit I really enjoyed. Again, there was quite a nice bit of technical piece around the the flood risk, but actually, the bit I really enjoyed was that that being outside and that you know again getting your hands dirty. Yeah. So yeah, so that's that's where I took it from there. Excellent. And then you went on to work kind of more in project management? Correct, yeah. And was that still in land contamination? It was, yeah. Right. So I realised after sort of that 18 months, I'd sort of found my feet, worked out what I really liked. Um, and then decided that it was quite a small consultancy I was working for, so yes. I decided to try a big consultancy. Yeah. So I moved across uh, to a, to another environmental consultancy, and like I was out five days a week, all weathers, all year round, 365 days a year. I, w- I went out on um, uh, over the festive period one year because there'd been an instant response, and I realised the bit I really liked was that kind of like logistical, last minute, you know, quick. We need someone like to go in. I really, really like, yeah, really, right. really like that bit. So. Then I became the one that, you know, was if there was like a last minute, you know, we need to get a plan together. Then that was always then landed on my desk to try yeah. and get sorted out, which I loved. I loved the, the you know, the urgency of it all. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it turned out, you know, again, I was almost more useful in the office than on site, although I really enjoyed the site bit. So I sort of took a, you know, a, a sort of route through the business. 
I had to work very hard to get through the business to sort of start sort of working my way up the ladder. Was there any main challenge from, to get from step one? We often see that graduates have to leave a business after three years. Yeah. Because they're always seen as the graduate and they can't quite make that yeah. leap. And that's one of the areas we work with clients to try and help them to be able to move yeah. um, women through the organisation rather than lose them absolutely. after they've invested in them for three years. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's why I sort of made that first initial step after 18 months is that Again, it, it wasn't fitting, you know, I wasn't quite getting what I needed and I don't think I was getting enough exposure, mainly because it was a small consultancy. But yeah. I managed to do the step through sort of in that sort of graduate level to a slightly more senior position quite easily because I think because I, they realised I was useful in terms of that organisation, the project management, the logistics piece. Yeah. I think actually that step was actually quite easy for me to make. Um, but that's the point I then felt I was sort of stuck in sort of like a very middle management role. Yeah. Um, and that's when actually I, you know, I did almost 10 years at that consultancy and I wasn't getting where I needed to be. And again, I was demonstrating and demonstrating and demonstrating, but I just couldn't seem to get the next, up, up, a, yeah, up a sort of a decent level. hurdle. Yeah. So, I mean, there were some sort of, you know, individual sort of promotions throughout that, but. And did you have a goal? I want that. Could you, did you have somebody that you could look to at that stage and say, okay, well, that's where I want to be? Yeah, I think it was quite tricky actually, because again, in terms of the women that were already in the business, they were very, very technical women. Yes. And I uh, was less technical, but more of a sort of all round, I could manage teams, I could manage budgets, I could manage programs. So in terms of that, that program management piece, that was really what sold me. But I was almost being held because I didn't, I didn't tick the, the very, very technical box. Right. So to be able to sort of aspire to someone in that business, it was a bit like, well, I'm gonna have to go really technical. And I was going, you know, looking at chartership, I was looking at masters and it, I didn't want to do that. That wasn't no. what I wanted to do. So I almost felt like my skill set was almost holding me back because I wasn't ticking one box. Yeah. But then if I looked at sort of counterparts in the business, and I remember this happening time and time again, you know, if there were 10 things I needed to tick off to get promotion, I'd be doing nine of them and I'd be having to work really hard, you know, to come on, come on, like demonstrate, demonstrate. But there'd be guys that were sort of ticking six and a half boxes. And off they went. And off they, you know, up, up they go. So yeah. that was quite frustrating. Yes. How did you cope with that kind of emotionally? Because that's, that's really difficult when you see men promoted around you and you're thinking, hang on a minute, I am doing more than them. I'm working yeah. harder, which is what women often have to do. Yeah. That's really difficult to cope with. Yeah, I think it, you get quite um, tough with yeah. it, I think. Yeah. I think again, Especially in construction industry. Absolutely. Yeah, so, it probably went really tough. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So almost, yeah, to, to the other extreme, just to overly demonstrate what I what my capability was. Yeah. But again, as part of that business, I started managing larger budgets and larger this. And again, I was thinking, I don't like finance. Like, why am I, you know, I'm being... I'm being sort BQS. Of, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was sort of being sort of shoved into a path. That, again, I, I didn't want it, it yeah. wasn't my skill set. So I left that business and I got the promotion as part of moving. Um, business because it wasn't coming within the company yeah. I was in so I got my nice sort of step I got my next job title I was happy with that for me it felt like that move was only a stepping stone anyway it was a medium-sized business I wasn't entirely sure about the culture of it but again it's it was the step I needed to get the promotion up so I'd always thought you know a couple of years and I'll move yeah. on again but I ended up sitting there for four years so a bit of a longer stepping stone and did you ever come across um times when financially you had to fight for an equal status oh yeah a, a lot right. again whispers of what people are being paid versus right. what I was being paid yeah um so yeah that was that was always pretty tough so transparency on salaries is probably really important to yeah you. yeah and I think almost to the point that now it's 
one of the first things I sort of start to look at yes. almost because I've had to be so like hang on a minute I I'm mm. equal to you yet I'm not being paid the same yeah that now it's almost like sort of the top of the agenda to make sure that I you know I am being equally paid for my skill set but I moved out of that um the the engineering role I decided because yes, your role now is very different very different yeah and I think I almost got pushed to the point that again I, I was going for the next promotion within the business and it just was it just seemed like out of reach again because I wasn't ticking that technical mm. hard skills technical box but I had everything else in terms of you know I could create a team I could create you know that culture you know I could get people to do anything I needed them to do at short notice calling favors yeah. I had those skills but because I didn't you know oh your report writing could be worked on you know do I need that to become a really? principal engineer yeah. in a business yeah. you know no I really don't no. so I decided that was it I had a big sort of reflection on my career decided I wasn't happy I was very stressed you know, it was work-life balance was horrendous. That I thought, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move out. So, I changed industry completely into uh, facilities management. I knew nothing about facilities management at all. Um, so, I, what led you to facilities management? Did you look and at different industries and say, I'm definitely not doing that one? But oh God, this one looks quite progressive. Where could yeah, we go? It was, it was that. It was more a diverse space. But equally, I felt I could. There was something that I could do within that business. So. Um, in terms of my skills, I actually moved across um, in a health and safety role. So right, again, okay. sort of trying to pick out the bits that I really enjoyed from my work. Again, yeah. I quite liked going to site and saying, right, what, what are you struggling with? Yeah. You know, tell me, be open and tell me what you're struggling with and I will fix that for yeah. you. Or, you know, I'll try my, my hardest to. Yeah. So that's the bit I like. culture. Exactly. So open, you, yeah. Tell you me. You can deliver what you need to deliver. Exactly that. Yeah. So, so I took that part that I really enjoyed and moved across facilities management in that health and safety role. And then as part of that, I was working on um, a number of sort of more sort of the health side of things. Um, I did a project on the menopause and then that got picked up. Yeah. It went absolutely mad. Yeah. And um, I then was asked to take this position of head of diversity and inclusion for, for the UK and Ireland, which I originally said no to because I thought I can't do that. Like, I, you know, in terms of that confidence piece, I was thinking, you know, I almost to the point because, you know, as we we're saying, in terms of working in that male dominated industry, I was I felt I was quite hard. And actually, right. that role requires a lot of empathy yeah. that I felt that maybe I didn't have. But then again, on self-reflection, I had bucket loads yeah, of empathy. Absolutely. But it, again, it was how I was yeah. actually showing that was maybe not in a you know, you know emotional way, but actually, you know, that supportive bit that people needed. Yeah, that's the bit I could give them. So actually, again, self-reflection of no, I could make a real big difference. Yeah, I can, and, I can and, absolutely yeah, do this. It's going brilliantly. So what what have you? what have you implemented that other organizations can learn from because that's what we're really trying to help our clients yeah. now what can you do differently you need to make changes within your organization is there kind of some quick fix ones that you can recommend really quickly that people can do yeah so something that again seems to be very prominent in facilities management is having employer resource groups to the point I came to the business everyone's talking about these ERGs I had no, I was trying to google what an ERG yeah. was I had absolutely no idea I'd never experienced that in 16 years as no. part of consultancy and engineering. So actually, to be able to have those spaces is, is very easy to create. Obviously, they're employee-led. They don't necessarily need a budget, but you're hearing the voice of the business mm. through those sort of groups of people, whether it be you know gender-specific, yeah. whether it be generation-specific, you know, new consultants coming into the business, for example, whether it be LGBTQ+. Yeah. You know, there's those pockets that people feel that they have the space where they can sort of connect and say, you know, I'm really struggling with this. And the point, again, that you move through those as well, so I became a parent whilst um, being an engineer on site. Um, my partner carried um, our son, so I was still out five days a week in all weathers. She's gradually getting, you know, bigger and bigger and bigger at home. 
I had my two weeks of mater uh, paternity leave, but she had quite bad um, mental problems afterwards in terms of, you know, trying to adjust. I yeah. wasn't there. So I went into work and said, look, I, you know, I really need to be home I some more. time. I need to be yeah. there to support her to be obviously she'd had a cesarean as well. Very tricky time. And I was told, well, actually, you know, we've got three weeks worth of Scotland coming up and you're the best person to do it. So, so off you go. So I left my partner at the time at home with, you know, severe postnatal depression. Oh my goodness. And I was off in Scotland for three weeks and the weekends. So that simple support you could have been given yeah. actually would have made a massive difference Absolutely. to you and your family. That flexibility. And again, yeah. I felt like I'd paid that forward so many times with yeah. last minute work, working over the festive period, yeah. working weekends. Going I'd my time. Yeah. Yeah. I just needed that little bit of time back just to, you know, be able to focus on home. Yeah. But that work-life balance was, was just not, not there. there. And so that's probably the reality of the roles and that's what companies need to change. Yeah. They need to look at how they are, you know, what they're getting from people and those simple changes yeah. will make such a massive difference to yeah. their workforce. I think it's very much cultural as well. Yes. So again, working on construction sites, I, would e I was either faced with, you know, mostly, you know, a, a group of men would either be absolutely swearing their heads off with every other word to the point that I was almost then copying them to then, you know, fit in. Yeah. Or it'd be the exact opposite where it'd be like, oh, can't swear in front of the woman. So, sorry, I can't swear in oh, front of the woman. Sorry, I didn't mean to say yeah. that, yes. So which yeah. I would then respond saying, I'd say 10 times worse than that, you know. Yes. Almost so that it was almost like, you know, I'm one of you, I think, yeah. you know, I'm, I have. You know. I'm, I'm one of the boys, really. Exactly, exactly yes. that. Yeah, so you had to conform. Yeah. Well, you feel you have to, don't you? Yeah. yeah. And again, I think some of that, you know, yes, at the time it was quite difficult, but in terms of a skill set, I think it is quite a skill to be able to change the way you speak to a group of people to be able to get the best out of what you need. Yeah. And it's almost that sort of chame chameleon effect, that kind of coding that you know that if you're going to go onto a site, my demeanour would change, the way I walk changes. Yes. You know, put rigger boots on and a hard hat. You know, yeah. I look different and I will strut yeah. in there and I will tell you, you know, what you need to yeah. do and what I need from you. Yeah. But it was almost in that first, you know, you walk into the site cabin, you're going to sign in. And I knew that in the first minute I needed to have said something that that makes them realise, you know, I'm not a feeble woman. You yeah. know, I'm here. I know what I'm talking about. Respect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I would almost get those sort of like, it's almost like a chat up line, really, I suppose. As soon as you walk in, I would have said something. I probably would have sworn. I probably would have asked for a cup of tea with milk and sugar, which I hate, you know, just to sort of, <laughs> yeah, I'm part yeah. of you. And, yeah. you know, I, I deserve to be here. Yeah. Do you, I mean, the big question is, do you think things have changed? Do you think if you went back on site now, mm. not the person you are now, but the yeah. person you were then, yeah. do you think things have moved on enough? Do you think there's been changes within the industry which mean that women are more welcome on site? Yeah. Do you think those changes have happened or do you still think, sadly, this is just too slow? I think a couple of things. So I think having spoken to some surveyors last week, they were talking about the welfare facilities on construction sites. And I always remember them being horrendous. You had to ask for a key. It was usually a storeroom or the special toilet. You know, it was there was no feminine products. Yeah. There was no, you know, it was like really awful. And again, to be sort of going through a, you know, a, a menstrual cycle whilst being on site, yeah. you know, again, that was very, very difficult. But, you know, the surveyor I was talking to last week was saying, you know, she will literally not drink from the moment she gets up in the morning to the end of her shift so she doesn't have to use the facilities. So there are still those things and that's physically basic, on site. Yeah, that's yeah, a, a basic, basic yeah. yeah. Or they facility. wouldn't have women's toilets at all. So then you're having to use, you know, the guys' toilets. And again, from a construction site, I remember, then you know, they're not the best. No. So 
Um, but on the flip side of that, you know, the the previous company I worked for, I know they've put a menopause policy in. Right. Um, and again, I don't know whether that's a little bit they'd seen what I'd been doing and therefore thought, yeah, actually, that is something we need to look at. Yeah. Because again, of women leaving the industry, yeah. you're getting women into, you know, senior positions. Fantastic. That's that's great. But then you're losing them because you're not giving them that support they need in terms of, you know, anxiety, yeah. stress, depression, you know, that, that change of fluctuating of hormones can be horrendous. Oh, yes. Yeah. Just coping being in an office with hot flushes yeah. and the brain fog. Absolutely. Like the brain fog is yeah. real yeah. and I've experienced it and I find it, I'll be on the phone, it's such a challenge and to try and get people to understand, actually yeah. this is really real what I'm feeling and it's it's horrible yeah. um, that all of a sudden my brain will just shut down and I can't think of the next sentence and I've been doing this for 20 years. Yeah. It's, it, I think there needs to be so much more understanding. Yeah. Again, you've worked your way through your career to to get that respect, and all of a sudden, you know, you can't remember people's names, or you've, you know, and you can see it, and how quickly yeah. people will go. Oh, Absolutely, okay. yeah. and there, you know, there's people I worked with that, again were that sort of stage of their lives where it was almost they started sort of second guessing themselves. So instead yeah. of replying to an email about, can you proofread this? Yes, you know, can I bounce this idea, which yeah, never would have happened before. That yeah. confidence, yeah. they almost needed a sounding board to to make sure that they were, you know, on the right track. Yeah. We touched on um, gender discrimination um, and you mentioned a couple of things. Was there anything that really, this was just so bad that you think that this was a no-no? Were there any times when you thought, I actually don't think I can stay working in this industry. I can't because of a certain event or something yeah. that happened. There's a couple of spring to mind. So one of which, you know, very early career out of university, young gay woman, you know, on, on sites. and. I, you know, again, it was quite difficult. Do you come out? Do you not come out? Yeah. In terms of it's already difficult being a woman, you know, in the industry yeah. anyway, but then to come out as a gay woman as well. But I do remember going across to, you know, we had a, a, a drilling stores at the time. You know, you go and get all your kit, meet the guys, you know, have a bit of chat about what the work's coming up. And I remember using the toilets uh, in, in their facilities and there was just an absolute stack of pornography next to the toilet. And, you know, as a, you know, 21 year old, woman coming into the into the business and that's what they thought of women was wow. was this stack of pornography yeah. was just so what did you do it just was did a normal you... really it was absolutely normal so again to the point you'd be like oh okay well that's horrendous put that back down again you know it, that was and that was the thing and I think again through my career I felt that I was very much again that chameleon effect you know shaping myself into the room that I was in at the time yeah and not being myself so therefore you know, it was almost, well, am I not getting the promotions because I'm not being authentic? Yeah. Or do I need to hide who I am and I'm not yeah. sh shaping enough to, to actually tick those boxes? So, again, an another example, um, again, I was, it was a drilling job. I remember it being, the weather was horrendous. We had to get up early, one of those last minute jobs. And uh, there was an issue with the work that we were doing. It just, you know, we couldn't get the location we needed to. It was geotechnical, you know, very complicated. And... Um, Again, I had to phone back into the office again, couldn't get hold of the, the man, you know, the male manager I needed to get hold of. So I just made a decision. Is yeah. that right, Kay? You know, this piece of paper says this. I'm only a you know a junior consultant, so you know, we'll call it there. And I got an absolute earful. Why did you not do this? Why did you not go deeper? You know, why did you not, why did you not you know, but if I'd made the decision to yes. go deeper, that's additional costs, additional yeah. this, additional time, you know, I I wasn't allowed to make that decision. No. But because I, you know, had made a call, yeah, absolutely, you know, screamed at down the phone. So again, that, again, taking those lessons forward onto other jobs, again, it, it was just, you just felt like I had to check in all the time. Yeah. Yeah, so that, 
your confidence to trust your own your own gut instinct your yeah. own abilities the training everything over time you can lose that yeah and, and we see that with um women coming back from having babies yeah often they just won't come back to work or if they do well, I, I can't do that job anymore i'm not yeah. capable of it because they've you you lose the ability to trust your yeah. own instincts and be able to do your job yeah and i think that's really valid as well because it was almost sort of like you couldn't make a technical you know a hard technical yes. decision on yeah. site because you had to ring in to your mail manager to yeah get. so again that approval. was almost approval exactly so mm -hmm. you weren't then you know again later on then you get penalized for you know not having those hard skills you know you're very good at the soft skills project management budgets people communication very good at the soft skills but you know the hard skills the technical skills yeah you know, that's that's what you needed to aspire to be and that wasn't who i was so you know why could i not progress through a business you know, with the absolute plethora of skills I did have, yeah. I could make a real difference in a business. Yeah. But I was sort of being, you know, pushed down yeah. to, well, sorry, you're not technical enough. You know, that was to what to, you know, to yeah. aspire to be. Yeah, that is, um, yeah, that's un that is unbelievable, isn't it? And probably that's still very much, we see that, is it's the yeah. technical people, or they're not quite technical Absolutely. enough, um, that hold them back from moving on to do project management or program management. Absolutely. Yeah. I think one other thing in terms of that sort of site, side of things again when I used to go out to site that you almost because you've demonstrated you're one of the boys you know you've 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 done the swearing but you've done the you know the, yeah. bit of the banter stuff again even if it's not you and your personality that then you were almost again being a gay woman I was then sort of being sort of coerced into the, the sort of cat calling and all of your sin you know your sin over there you know what do you do at that point that's completely against you know <laughs> respect for women now if you went back now do you think you would take a totally different line or do you think you'd still probably be forced into being the same I, actually I'm gonna have to be like that because that is the culture you can't do you think you can call people out easier now I think if, if me being me now yes. went back on site again I would absolutely zero tolerance yeah but at the and time do you think that would be respected and received or do you think that would be met with well she's difficult isn't she no, it probably would be that she's difficult and yeah. I think I have a you know I, I grew a very thick skin over that period of time and I think that's why I didn't think I had those empathy yeah. skills but um again say, say what you like now again it's, it is zero tolerance you know we shouldn't be speaking no. to women like that um and I would have called it out but again at the time you just need to fit in to get the best so yeah. that you're not having that oh isn't she hard work yeah. you know, oh. Would have been so interesting to see somebody do that and see if if their promotions would have been, you know, quicker than yours. Would yeah. they have had to sign that technical box? There would, would there have been that fear from yeah. an employer? Oh my goodness, we better we better promote them quickly because yeah. otherwise they're going to cause us problems. Yeah. You know, I think it's almost your sort of your you know in terms of yourself as well. So again, that sort of logistical part of me. You know, if something wasn't working or we needed to just shave some time off, you know, I was quite good at. That sort of strategic piece of right if we do that i'll go and help over there you know we'll do that yeah but again it was how it was then received was really difficult so you almost had to make it seem like it was someone else's idea even though i just come up with this master plan of how we're gonna get back on track again but i'll i won't take any credit for it i'm just gonna just You're manipulate you i'll manipulate yeah. you into that and I'll, yeah. I'll do that and then all of a sudden you know oh we did a really good job well done us you know pat on the back yeah you know that but that come from me so again it's that sort of self-promotion piece and i think the the bit that really switched for me is when i realized i wasn't getting that sort of that that sort of self um, belief through the business. I decided to really. I worked out the basically it's a game, and that's how I. That was my mindset when I go into work. Is this is a game, and I now understand the rules. So um, I used to work on oil and gas contracts. Yeah. Health and safety was like another level. 
So I decided, again, same thing, I'm very passionate about health and safety, you know, it's there for a reason. And I, yeah. and I understood why, because I'd seen accidents and incidents. And I knew it's because people weren't following the rules and, and you know, they should be. So there was a site that I worked on and I remember it absolutely clearly, again, I was there for months and months and months, you know, loads of driving through the whole of summer. You know, it was it was a really gruelling project, but again, one of those ones that logistically was, you know, really difficult and I absolutely loved it. But I decided that everything, I, you know, every tiny thing I'd pick up on, so I was putting near hits and instant reports in yep. for everything. You're not wearing a hard hat. Why, you know, that's got a hole in it. Why are we not? That's wrong. Yeah. I must have put in about 30 in the space of a month to the point that everyone was going, what has happened on this site? What, you know, it's, what's oh my goodness, wrong? what has she done? Like, we need yeah. to take her off. And that was the conversation was that we need to take her off site. You know, clearly something's not right. And then the client got involved, the global client of this oil and gas, had a look at all this, came to site. So I was like, oh my goodness, what's happening here? And he was like, well done. You know, Good. no one else calls this stuff out. We yeah. know this stuff slides. So the fact that you're, you know, you're no, 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 no. Yeah. That was the point where I realised actually I need to start shouting yeah to say you know this isn't right and that's not right and that's yeah. not right and that was almost the changing point of my career that right so how many years into your career was that changing point oh probably about seven yeah <laughs> so it took yeah. me long you know yeah silence, silence. yeah and again and witnessing incidents and things that then were sort of let's not tell anyone yeah about this you yeah. know keep your mouth shut yeah you know again that you know one, one of the one of the boys one of the yeah, team I we can't went, be seen to be saying anything yeah exactly yes. so yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you so much. Um, it's been, it's so great to speak to somebody who, and you must have faced some real challenges, obviously have faced some real challenges. Yeah. Um, what we'd like to do is carry this series of videos on. Is there anybody that you can recommend um, that we could talk to next? Yeah, so I would highly recommend Louise Beale, who is a technical director at SLR Consulting. So Louise, I met when I was working with that, that business, she came in as sort of the new director of one of the areas pretty much I think the first female and she was the one who really could see very quickly in terms of the skills I had and my attitude to work and you know what I've actually brought to the business she was the one that really picked me up and was like right you know I'm going to push this yeah. through the business and it wasn't like you need to have some mentoring you need to have some training you need to have this like she knew I had it already yeah. and that I was good for business and she basically was the one that was banging the drum the Cat Parsons drum, you know, we need to be needed to see need to exactly change. that you've got all everything that you need. Absolutely, Actually, the businesses need to change. Absolutely, and yes. she got me that big promotion that I needed, and then it was within six months of that I was thinking, no, I, it's not, it's this is not, I'm, I'm not going to get that. That was that was as far as I was going to get. I wasn't going to get any further, and I, yeah. I think I knew that. Yeah. So at that point, I decided to change careers. But she was just phenomenal in terms of her attitude, her external profile as well so not only is she doing a really good job internally externally as well she's you know she's doing all sorts of work in terms of mentoring and sponsoring and getting women into into roles as well so again in terms of working twice as hard yeah she's absolutely doing it and one more thing yeah your house yes this all female project yes brilliant tell us so uh we bought an absolute dive of a house with no heating and no carpets for our family of two children and a dog as well yeah and um, we were sort of batting some ideas around. My wife's been in construction and is still in engineering. So she's right. been 30 plus years now in engineering. Um, same sort of industry that I was in. And we were having a bit of a chat around, again, environmental sustainability. We wanted to tick all these boxes to make yeah. sure that the house was as good as it could be from that point of view. And then we were having that conversation of actually, we could probably do something with this. You know, it's not a massive, it's not like, a, you know, we're, you know, a huge building development. Yeah, it's literally, no, exactly. It's literally a two-story wraparound extension. It's not huge. The budget's, you know, all right. But when we were talking about it, we were saying, actually, you know, we know people in the industry just from who we've worked with 
that could actually do this. And then we were like, actually, well, why don't we do it? Why don't we just try and do an all-female design and build project? Brilliant. So when we started to look into it, you know, there's been examples of the design element, but for me, that's the easy bit. You know, architects, you know, it's those sort of those jobs, architects, surveyors, you know. Plumbers. Very difficult. Yeah. Electricians. Yeah. Brickies. Yeah. You know, plant operators, more, yeah. more tricky. So instead of just doing that half half a project, we've gone for the whole the whole thing. So 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 far the network is literally growing and growing and growing and growing. Um Great. and I'm speaking to so many people that again are doing so much work, not in their own industries, but also externally as well in terms of promoting again those those harder construction skills as well on site so yeah because i saw on linkedin the plumbing company absolutely stockcocks and I, I got in touch with them yeah um to find out if we can sponsor an apprentice or yeah. something through them because that is just brilliant what those yeah are doing. so it's brilliant again they take women who have gone through domestic yeah. uh, violence and abuse you know help them out of that situation they then give them a trade train yeah. them up and then off they go yeah, so brilliant. you know for us paying a little bit extra to use their services that bit of money is going to training, you know, and helping support that next yeah. woman. So there's so much massive. more you can give back to the industry than just, um, you know, taking on a graduate. I know that's really important, yeah. graduate training schemes, taking on apprentices. But there is this industry is huge. Absolutely. Um, and it's not just design engineers, CAD technicians, building surveyors. There's so yeah. many job titles yeah. and so many things that people can do. And it's not till you start really looking into it. Um, I wanted to do these videos because I now know if I went back in time, I would want to work in engineering. Yeah. I would have absolutely loved it. But I was told at school, you're really good at English, be a school teacher. Right. And that was my only career choice that I was given. Yeah. Um, and I kind of fell into recruitment, fell into sales, and then fell into working in engineering. And I just love it. It's yeah. fascinating. As a subject, it's fascinating. Yeah. And I work in one small area of it. Yeah. So it's so great to hear all the different jobs that women can do in engineering. Absolutely. And I think it's funny, those male allies as well. You know, yes. looking back on my career through construction and engineering, you know, I remember the good bits. Yeah, okay, there's the, you know, those bits that we've discussed. But overall, you know, in terms of a career, I absolutely loved it. I got to see parts of the country I never would have did. Yeah. You know, met, you know, thousands and thousands of people that again would tell you their stories and, you know, that that was a bit I really, really enjoyed and, you know, I wouldn't change it. You know, yes, it was hard, but I think that's made me who I am today. Yeah. But through this of all female project, actually those male allies that are stepping forward to say, you know what, well, we've had it really easy and you, you know, we recognise that you haven't. So you know, it's, again, it's picking those people yeah. as well to say, you know, yes, we can help with this. You know, we're we're a, a you know a male ally, yeah. and I have a son as well. So again, it's you know, it's it's almost nice for him to see that at home we don't have a stereotypical blue and pink jobs. Yeah. You know, we have all jobs. You know, they both have tall. You know, my That's, daughter as well has a tall yeah. belt, and you yeah. know her drill, and you know they both crack on and help with projects and stuff. So that's the role model I want to be to my kids. Is that? Yeah, definitely. Do what you want to do. Thank you so much for your time. It's been lovely to meet you and hear about your career. We are going to be putting a series of videos together promoting women in engineering. Um, we would love to hear from you. Um, if you want to sit in this chair um, and be interviewed, that would be brilliant. Um, we're hoping to get these videos into schools as well um, to help show um, girls at school age that careers that can be available to them that they don't have to be school teachers if they're good at English there are other careers available and um, equally um, if you are looking at your diversity policy at the moment and you need some help we'd love to hear from you thank you for
for listening to our first podcast in our She's an Engineer campaign. Join me again for my next episode with Chelvi Narva, engineer and writer.